When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today, we're going to be discussing Harry's death at the hands of Voldemort in the Deathly Hallows. More specifically, we're going to be diving in and dissecting the nuances of how it happened, why it happened, and how Harry was able to come back to life. To set the scene, we're in the Forbidden Forest, and Harry comes face to face with Voldemort once again. However, unlike previous confrontations, from his meeting with a fragmented Voldemort attached to Professor Quirrell, to their duel in the graveyard of Little Angleton, this time, Harry does not intend to defend himself or fight back. He's come to die. Fans of the book will remember the chapter as the aptly named The Forest Again, and movie lovers will certainly know this scene as the one right after Harry sees his dead loved ones through the magic of the Resurrection Stone, one of the three fabled Deathly Hallows. Voldemort and his followers are waiting for Harry to turn himself over, a deal Voldemort has proposed in exchange for the safety of the other wizards who've been fighting alongside Harry in the Battle of Hogwarts. I thought he would come, said Voldemort in his high, clear voice, his eyes on the leaping flames. I expected him to come. I was, it seems, mistaken, said Voldemort. You weren't. Harry said it as loudly as he could, with all the force he could muster. He did not want to sound afraid. At that moment, he felt that nobody mattered but Voldemort. It was just the two of them. Harry Potter, Voldemort said very softly. His voice might have been part of the spitting fire. The boy who lived. None of the Death Eaters moved. They were waiting. Everything was waiting. Hagrid was struggling, and Bellatrix was panting. And Harry thought inexplicably of Ginny, and her blazing look, and the feel of her lips on his. Voldemort had raised his wand. His head was still tilted to one side, like a curious child, wondering what would happen if he proceeded. Harry looked back into the red eyes, and wanted it to happen now, quickly, while he could still stand, before he lost control, before he betrayed fear. He saw the mouth move in a flash of green light, and everything was gone. Okay, so what happened? Well, it appears that Harry gets hit with Avada Kedavra, the killing curse. It's well reinforced in Harry Potter that Avada Kedavra, a terrible dark curse that is known to emit a blindingly intense green bolt of light, kills people. In fact, the only function of the spell is to kill. 
So how is Harry able to come back from it? One could argue that Avada Kedavra is never actually written on the page, but to that I say, don't be ridiculous. The next thing we see is Harry waking up in a strange place, a place unlike anything else we had seen previously. He lay in a bright mist, though it was not like mist he had ever experienced before. His surroundings were not hidden by cloudy vapor, rather the cloudy vapor had not yet formed into surroundings. The floor on which he lay seemed to be white, neither warm nor cold, but simply there, a flat, blank something on which to be. His environment was completely surreal, and Harry had lost all of his bearings. In fact, he had no idea if what he was experiencing was real or just a figment of his imagination. Tell me one last thing, is this real or has this been happening inside my head? To which Dumbledore replies, Of course it is happening inside your head, Harry, but why on earth should that mean that it is not real? Harry, after a minor adjustment to his surroundings, also noticed that the mist had begun to form in the shape of King's Cross Station, where he first departed to Hogwarts so many years ago. But Harry wasn't truly at King's Cross, so where was he? As it turns out, he was in Limbo. Limbo, in many religions, can be described as the border place between heaven and hell, where souls go before moving on to the afterlife. It's never explicitly described in the book whether or not all souls in the Harry Potter universe go through this point in limbo. However, Harry certainly made it, and it's all to do with his connection to Voldemort. When we look at Harry in this strange new environment, what we're witnessing is Harry's soul, and this lines up perfectly with the way he died. One theory for how Avada Kedavra kills you is that it rips the soul from the body, so while Harry's physical form remained in the Forbidden Forest, his soul was now relocated to somewhere completely different. Of course, there always lies the possibility that all of this could still simply be magic, a mind trick or some form of magic we have never seen before. But then, Dumbledore, who we all know to be dead, approaches him. It would be reasonable at this point to conclude that Harry himself is dead, that he has come to a sort of afterlife. In fact, that's the conclusion that Harry comes to as well, having the following exchange with his old headmaster. But you're dead, said Harry. Oh yes, said Dumbledore matter-of-factly. Then I'm dead too? Ah, said Dumbledore, smiling still more broadly. That is the question, isn't it? On the whole, dear boy, I think not. Here's why Harry's situation in Limbo was more complicated. He wasn't actually dead. During Harry's talk with Dumbledore, Dumbledore explains that Harry is in fact very much alive, for his soul was still entirely intact, whole. So despite being in Limbo, Harry was alive, which meant that, yes, he could choose to go on to the afterlife, but he also had the much better option of returning to the land of the living as a whole person. Harry could board the train and go on, or he could just return to where he came from. Harry chose the latter. Okay, but now you might be wondering how. How was Harry still alive? Harry wonders the very same thing. But if Voldemort used the killing curse, Harry started again, and nobody died for me this time, how can I be alive? I think you know, said Dumbledore. Think back, remember what he did in his ignorance, in his greed, and his cruelty. He took my blood, said Harry. Precisely, said Dumbledore. He took your blood and rebuilt his living body with it. Your blood in his veins, Harry. Lily's protection inside both of you. 
He tethered you to life while he lives. You were the seventh Horcrux, Harry, the Horcrux he never meant to make. He had rendered his soul so unstable that it broke apart when he committed those acts of unspeakable evil, the murder of your parents, the attempted killing of a child. But what escaped from that room was even less than he knew. He left more than his body behind. He left part of himself latched to you, the would-be victim who had survived. Harry never dies because his mother's sacrifice, the same magic that has protected him for all his life, is still alive in Lord Voldemort's veins. If we put that together with the fact that his lifelong lightning bolt scar has disappeared, at least temporarily, and the fact that there is an agonized creature quietly moaning in the background, it all starts to make sense. Dumbledore all but confirms this theory when he assures Harry that the part of Voldemort's soul that was inside of him was destroyed when Voldemort hit Harry with the killing curse this time around, saying, your soul is whole and completely your own, Harry. However, I will add this, many fans believe that the child on the floor of King's Cross was in fact the part of Voldemort's soul that had previously resided within Harry. We know that Harry carried a piece of Voldemort with him for his entire life, and so it seems to make sense that, with Harry dying and this soul shard now destroyed, it would follow him to the afterlife. However, though this is close to the answer, it's actually wrong. According to JK Rowling, the being stuck in limbo with Harry wasn't the Horcrux within himself, but rather the current state of Voldemort's soul. What exactly was the mutilated baby-like creature Harry saw at King's Cross in chapter 35 of Hallows? I've been asked this a lot. It is the last piece of soul Voldemort possesses. When Voldemort attacks Harry, they both fall temporarily unconscious, and both their souls, Harry's undamaged and healthy, Voldemort's stunted and maimed, appear in the limbo where Harry meets Dumbledore. In essence, it's a representation of Voldemort's maimed soul, rather than the piece of destroyed soul that resided within Harry, the most common interpretation of Harry's run-in with this odd creature. Voldemort lived a cursed life where he would routinely rip his own soul apart in pursuit of immortality, and such acts come at a great cost. The pathetic, wriggling child squirming along the floor was all that was left of Voldemort's soul. Now that we've cleared up the fact that Harry never actually truly died, I think it's time for me to answer the question of how he returned from this alternate plane of existence. Essentially, because Harry's soul is now whole and pure, he is given the opportunity to return to his life as just Harry. All he has to do at this point is choose to go back. Being that his version of purgatory is at King's Cross Station, Dumbledore suggests that if Harry chooses to move on into death, he would likely board a train and carry on. But of course, Harry chooses to return to the world of the living in order to try to finally defeat Voldemort and help save as many people as he can from further death and destruction. At this point, Dumbledore begins to disappear into a descending mist, and you may begin to wonder if any of this has actually happened. Maybe Harry just hit his head really hard. Of course, Harry has this exact same thought, asking Dumbledore one final question before he completely disappears. Harry wants to know, and I can hardly blame him, if any of this was real or if it was only happening inside his head. To which Dumbledore responds with one of my all-time favorite lines, of course it is happening inside your head, Harry, 
but why on earth should that mean that it is not real? And with that, we've reached the end of another video. If you enjoy the content, please be sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel. Until next time, remember, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live.